I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hawkeye fans, get ready. It's time for the Hawkeye Nation radio show, powered by the Polk County iClub on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 AM and now 106.3 FM, KXNO. And welcome back to another season of the HawkeyeNation.com radio show here on 106.3 KXNO. My name is Andrew Downs, and I am excited to be here. I know you're excited to listen, and uh, we thank you for being a part of this. It's another great season of Hawkeye football here with HawkeyeNation.com, KXNO, and uh, myself. But I'm not alone. I'm with uh, our fearless leader over at HawkeyeNation.com. It's Joe Schmelka. Joe, what's up, man? Hey, buddy. I am uh, just excited about heading over to Kinnick Stadium on Saturday and watching some football. Man, how exciting. I'm, I'm super pumped for this. I'm excited to do this show. Uh, excited to do more podcasts with HawkeyeNation.com. Excited for the game on Saturday, of course. And uh, this is just, you get, you get that feeling in the air, that smell in the air. The calendar has turned to September, and now it's time to go with football season. Absolutely. And, you know, looks like we're going to have a halfway decent season this year. We uh, at least on one side of the ball, we look really good, right? <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I just I can't, I can't wait to get over there and, uh, you know, tailgate, see friends, uh, walk into the stadium, back in black, uh, you know, just everything associated with Iowa football. Yeah, the, you know, the, the the wave with a new song this year, I guess a new song yeah. each week, and uh, so th- there'll be some differences there. I saw today that Iowa put out that uh, Dallas Clark is going to be there as an honorary captain, uh, so that's always cool to have him back in Kinnick Stadium. And, uh, man, you're, you're not going to be alone going over there, Joe. Uh, pretty cool that, you know, throughout the summer and, and really in a, a relatively short amount of time, Iowa was able to announce uh, not just a couple of sellouts, but sellouts of, of every game game this season and you know we we spent some time on the radio here in Des Moines talking about uh, why this season why is this the year these games sold out obviously the the schedule looks good there's excitement about the team Uh, the the COVID pandemic stuff seems to be in the rear view and and so maybe people haven't seen you know the new north end zone and all of that stuff and people are just anxious to get out there but uh, so cool to have every game sold out and uh, and a lot of good reasons why that could be. Yeah, and, and you know, no gimmicks on the on the sellouts either. It's not like we're offering uh, three for ones with six <laughs> six free beers or yeah, something like that. You know, it's all it's all legit. It's all regular price, and I, I think everybody's just excited, like you said, to get back into Kinnick. So much fun last year that Penn State game. Um, you know some of the other things going on. It's just it's just it's football season. Everybody's ready to go. Yeah, man. So how, how you feeling I'll about this it. season? I, you, you mentioned something quickly there off the top, and, and we'll definitely dive into you know the the questions on the offense, the strength of the defense, all of the things. But just kind of an overall thing. You know, you're coming off a 10 win season, a Big Ten West championship a year ago, but uh, maybe felt a little disappointing as you look back at that season. Certainly with the uh, the lackluster offense and and really not showing up in the Big Ten championship game and then and then losing a bowl game uh so you have this kind of weird feeling about the season last year or at least i do how do you feel moving into this season in uh 2022 well you know it all it all starts with us it all starts with a couple of things i think it starts with defense obviously we've got i think we got a really good defense personnel experience uh phil parker's you know, still there coaching etc so i think we're going to be really good there we got a great punting game um you know he's going to pin guys deep and going to make them earn it if they're going to go all the way down the field and score against us. And then, you know, the second thing, then you got to switch to the other side of the field, and you got to worry a little bit about our offense, right? I mean, they just haven't looked good for two or three years. And uh, it all starts with the offensive line. Might be a little dinged up there. So you, you look at it and you go, well, we got a great defense. And a good kicking game, I always say we're going to win, you know, eight games. And then when you kick in a really good offense, um, you know, that, that, that's when we get to the special season, the 9, 10, 11 games. 
wins. Last year, I think it was a little bit of an anomaly. It, it, we, we didn't have that tough a schedule in reality. I, I think if you look back at it, and we won a lot of close games. And if we can win a lot of close, you know, if we win the majority of our close games again this year, you got a shot at winning nine, ten games, even if the offense doesn't do anything exceptional. But let's, let's, let's hope that comes around and uh, Spencer makes a few more plays and our offensive line's a little tougher. And, you know, let's hope we can run the ball like we used to, right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Get back to that kind of, you know, vintage Iowa football style that that we've known and loved for, you know, not just the last, you know, 23 years under Kirk Ferentz, but for the, you know, 20 years of of Hayden Fry before that. This is kind of Iowa football, uh, and it's really Big Ten West football, and you're seeing Nebraska kind of learn that uh, the hard way, that if you don't come with a a strong line on both sides of the ball, a strong running game, if you're not conditioned enough to go all four quarters, uh, you're going to struggle in this league, and it it may not be the sexiest football, it may not uh, be the the most state-of-the-art football, uh, but it certainly works and it's it's how games are won and lost in, in this league. You mentioned Spencer Petras. You know, uh, going into the offseason, Joe, uh, all of the talk was about this this quarterback competition. And, you know, there was some talk of Joey Labus thrown in there, but I think that was probably premature, and, and we've seen that come to fruition, that he's just not quite ready yet. So it was really a, a two-man uh, competition. We saw a lot of Alex Padilla last season uh, when Spencer Peach was, was hurt, and, and Padilla played well, but not not great. He certainly didn't, you know, get in there and, and take that job away uh, from Spencer yeah. Petras. And, and so I guess we're were you surprised as, as we move through spring ball and the summer and fall camp and the kids' day scrimmage and all these things, and then, then finally on Monday with the depth chart and, and Tuesday with Kirk Ferentz meeting with the media, were you surprised at all that Spencer Petras is Iowa's starting quarterback? No. Um, I, w- I was surprised last year. You know, Padilla came in that first time and went right down the field and we scored, and I thought uh, Spencer Petras <laughs> may, not, may not play again at Iowa. And, and then, you know, he – he just didn't. He, he didn't shine. Let's put it that way. And neither one of them has really shined. And so we're just kind of we're 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 in this position where I don't think any of the fans are overly excited about about either one of them, right? Um, but we're hoping that Spencer, you know, he's he had another year under his belt. Um, he's had a great off season. Uh, you know, they always tell you, oh, he's in great shape and all these kinds of things. But he's, he's just got to have better accuracy, and and it doesn't have to be all world. But he's got to have uh, he's got to have better accuracy, and he's got to hit people in stride. And you know we we would have won the bowl game if he doesn't overthrow uh, uh, there at the end. Yeah. You know, um, it was basically it was the same damn play that we ran against uh, Penn State, and he overthrew him by ten yards. I mean, you just you can't do that when 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 the game's on the line. You need a big play. We had it. Uh, Brad Ferentz made the right call, great call. Everybody executes except the quarterback, and he overthrows him. Now, I will say this. I, I think everybody's down on our quarterbacks, and I get down on them a little bit too, but we got to get back like you just said. we got to get back to Iowa football. We've got to be able to run the ball. We've got to make the defense think that uh, that they've got to stop the run first, and they got to you know take extra resources or scheme or whatever to stop the run. That opens up the passing game a little bit more. And we haven't had that. I mean, it used to be that, you know, when it was third and three, uh, the defense knew we were going to run the ball. The offense, we knew we were going to run the ball. Hell, everybody in the crowd knew we were going to run the ball. And we'd run the ball and we gained four yards, right? We we haven't had that for a while. And I don't know that we're going to have it this year. I too, but we're an awfully young uh, offensive line, tremendous talent. But, you know, they're 19 and 20-year-olds, and you'd love to have them be 22 and 23-year-olds, right? Yeah, absolutely. Especially, you know, a few years in the system, a few years in the, the strength and conditioning and, you know, putting some, some muscle on, some weight on, and uh, and just getting uh, the kind of feel for the offense. You're right. You, you'd like a little bit more experience there, and it is going to be interesting. Uh, let's talk about the run game a little bit, because Tyler Goodson was certainly a, a very good player, and he had a great season uh, in, in 2020, I think it was, when he was first-team All-Big Ten, and, um, and, and he was able to break big plays. He, he could make things happen. He could make guys miss. Um, 
and and so th- there were, there was a lot of really good to Tyler Goodson, but it wasn't what you're talking about. It wasn't that three yards in a cloud of dust line up, uh, you know, our guys against your guys, and, and just shove it down their throat. He danced a little bit. Uh, he he was looking for the hole, and he was willing to take a, a two or three yard loss. And it just too often that meant last year, especially that that I was started second and thirteen, you know, and, and was just behind the eight ball yeah. and and really hurt that offense, uh, especially an offense that didn't have much of a passing game to, to speak of. And so um, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that not just will the offensive line be a little bit better, but what we saw certainly in the bowl games and then throughout some of the season in, in some you know limited playing time last year, but definitely in the bowl games and then everything you've heard uh, throughout the offseason that, that the Williams is, right? Gavin and LeSean Williams, the, the kind of two-headed running back. I think Gavin will probably be the starting guy, but we'll, we'll certainly see a lot of both of them. They are maybe more like that, uh, that type of running back uh, that, that we're used to seeing and that you and I are kind of craving right now to, to just kind of push that line forward it doesn't you don't need to run for 80 yards you need to run for eight yards and and if you can do that more often than not and, and not lose those yards you're going to be okay yeah i agree with you 100 percent we 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 can't have second and 13s that's 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 a real disadvantage for offense in every way shape and form there is um we got to get uh you know worst case you know second and eight you really want to have a a second and six, a second and five type thing. And, and we got to get back to where we can get that. You can't run every first down, certainly, but but you've got to be able to establish a good running back or, or your play-action game doesn't work. And, you know, that's really Iowa football. I mean, it's run the ball and then, run, and then work the play-action off of that and then take a couple of shots down the field. And, you know, Kirk's been very successful with that over the years and it's won a lot of football games for us. Um, defense is there. I think the kicking game is there, and we just we got to get some receivers healthy. I'm a little concerned about the receiver room. Uh, it just sounds like they're a little dinged up and some odd things. And uh, you know, just got to get some guys open, make some catches, and uh, and make some plays. Gain five yards instead of losing three. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, you talk about the receivers. Uh, you know, we we knew. I, there were there had been some rumors. I guess we learned for sure this week uh, that Nico Regani will not play in this game. Likely will not play next game. I think what I've seen is the hope is to have him back in, in week four for that Rutgers game, the the Big Ten opener. Uh, and then certainly, you know, what he has done and the, the experience he has as a wide receiver, by far the most experienced receiver we have in that room, uh, is going to be missed. And then the kind of bomb drop on on Tuesday. You know, we had known that Keegan Johnson was dealing with some things in the off season, but I think a lot of people. Uh, myself included, had been under the assumption that come week one, he's going to be ready to go, or at least as ready to go as, as one can be. And it sounds like they, that may not be the case. He's, he's kind of touch and go, uh, maybe a game time decision on Saturday, whether or not Keegan Johnson is, is able to go. Um, we liked what we saw out of Arlen Bruce, uh, the fourth last season as a true freshman. You got to expect good things out of him. Uh, not just in the passing game either, you know, with some of the jet sweep type stuff. Um, but outside of that, Joe, you, you mentioned that it's just it gets really thin very quickly, and you know the players and coaches are saying all the right things about guys like Alec Wick and uh, and Jack Johnson, uh, who are yeah. you know walk on players, and and so uh, <laughs> you you would like to see Tyrone Tracy and Charlie Jones probably in that room right now, but uh, those guys are long gone, and so you're going to be leaning on on those kind of young receivers to to step up and, and make something happen, and then again it, with with a passing game that just hasn't lit the world up for for several years now. Yep, you're exactly right. I'm I'm hoping you know a guy like Jack Johnson. I know he's dad. I, I know Jack. You know he looked really good in the springs. And uh, made a lot of great plays. And when the opportunity's there, you know, to put the ball on him, he catches it. Okay, and and that's what Spencer's got to do. He's got to put the ball on him, and he'll make the catch. He'll get open, but uh, it does make it tough. We do have really good tight ends, and you know, I think we got some real good versatility there. Um, and, and they're going to make some plays, and they're going to take a little pressure off our wide receivers, but. You got to hope that uh, a couple of the freshmen, you know, the true freshmen, are in there now. They're getting a ton of reps because you know Keegan's not getting reps and and uh, Reganey's not getting reps. Well, you know, somebody in there is getting a lot of reps. So these guys have got to. Somebody's going to have to step up. We're going to have to have a young guy 
uh, really step up and and make some plays for us. You know, and and I think that's a big key. And you mentioned the the we've 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 gotten down in the dumps here a little bit on the offense, Joe. But you're right. Tight end is a place where uh, you certainly don't need to look too far to, to feel pretty confident about that. Obviously, Sam Laporta coming back, a, a preseason All American. Uh, expect huge things out of him in this offense. And then I, I think Luke Lachey uh, has a chance to have a really big season as well. You know, it's 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 one of those things we've seen this over and over again. When you have a guy like Sam Laporta with that kind of a, a pedigree, that kind of a, a statistical you know season he had last year everybody's going to be focused on him and especially when you're thin at wide receiver the defenses are looking at Sam Laporta but Iowa's offense uh can can leave room for a second tight end and a guy like Luke Lachey could uh could really have a, a big season and step up uh in in some of those things and so I'm, I'm confident about the 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 tight ends and I think you're as you said they're we're going to need them to, to really kind of uh, be a big big part of this offense yeah, we, we don't. I don't think we're going to have to score a ton of points. I mean, you, you kind of go game by game. Obviously, certain games we're probably going to have to score more. But but our defense, our kicking game, um, you know, special teams is always very strong. The has got a great special teams, and 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 I don't think you know we got to get to like twenty four, twenty seven points a game, and we got a really good shot at winning the game. Okay, um, our defense, you know, last year had a ton of turnovers. They turned the ball over. They were awesome. And you know we gotta we gotta make plays, and defense has been particularly good at that. Um, I'm hoping that somebody steps up on special teams, uh, you know, return position. I hated losing Charlie Jones. Um, that just, oh man, I mean, he, you know, I think he won the Illinois game for us. He made some other plays in games that, you know, things weren't going. He's one of those guys that can turn a game around for you and uh, make make a big play. Doesn't have to score every time, but. You know, return a punt for 25 yards, and all of a sudden, field position is totally switched. And you know, maybe our offense doesn't do much, but we get a field goal out of it. And uh, you know, and boom, we're kicking off. Other teams got the ball at the 20, 25 instead of instead of uh, you know at the 45. So it's a lot of little stuff like that. And uh, and we just we just got to execute, and we can't keep our defense out there all the time and let them get worn down. I mean. You know, I, I, I think you gotta you gotta be able to move the ball, we gotta run the ball, and we gotta shorten the game a little bit. And then I think a lot of good things can happen for us yet this year. Yeah, man, it's it's as we've said, it's Iowa football. Control the clock, control the field position. Yeah, you know, don't make the mistakes, don't turn the ball over, create those turnovers, capitalize on the other team's mistakes, uh, and just play solid uh, all around football. And and as you, you know, twenty four, twenty seven points uh, with this defense and and in this program should be enough to get you a win. I, I think one of the biggest things we lost with Charlie Jones is just the confidence that the the coaching staff had in him his ability to kind of take that ball anywhere you know off the bounce from anywhere on the field he had earned the confidence of the coaching staff and as we've seen that that's a hard thing to earn sometimes and so it's going to be interesting to see who replaces him and how long of a leash they have there's been a lot of names thrown out there uh in in both kick and punt return and i think we're just gonna have to wait till saturday and probably really wait a few weeks to see uh who ultimately fills out that that slot but you're you're right the the weapon that he was for us um, in that that special teams game uh, really was something, and, and then we lost a really good kicker, uh, and and so you've got a couple of kickers and Aaron Blom and Drew Stevens coming in. They both looked really good in that kids' day scrimmage. By all accounts, they're both kicking the ball really well, and you, you like Iowa's kind of track record when it comes to kickers and when it comes to special teams. Uh, there there may be a little yep. trepidation there if if you know you're at Ohio State and you're down by two and you know a freshman is lining up for a 45 yard game winning field goal with 100,000 people in the crowd. Uh, but, but short of a, a situation like that, I think you've, you've got to feel pretty confident about the place-kicking game just based on the history of this program. Yeah, absolutely. And I was talking to uh, uh, Keith Duncan was over, and, and he's in Des Moines now, and I was talking to him, and he said, he said, you know, just the way that they, they work with them, and these kids are both really good kickers. They're, it's not like they're, you know, scared freshmen that have never – uh, kicked in in a you know maybe not a seventy thousand people of course not right but but you know they're they're both from programs and and they've kicked for a long long time they've got strong legs and uh, you know they're getting tons of great practice and I mean you got guys like Nate Kading Geek Duncan you got all kinds of people over there helping them right so they're getting expert uh, 
expert uh, advice. And uh, I, I think I think our special teams. I'll be really surprised if we have major breakdowns in special teams. I think our only weakness there is is yeah, we don't have a Charlie Jones. The, the guy was just phenomenal at getting the ball and making the right cut at just the right time and and gaining 20 yards or taking it all the way. And those guys don't come along that often. Tim Dwight, a few others, right? So it's different. He he is Joe Schmelka. I'm Andrew Downs. This is the HawkeyeNation.com radio show here on 106.3 KXNO. We're getting ready for week one. We've talked a lot about the offense, Joe. After this break, I want to look to the other side of the ball, look defensively, and then I've got a couple of questions, kind of bigger, uh, bigger picture questions I want to pose to you about the season before we kick things off Saturday morning. This is the Hawkeye Nation radio show here on 106.3 KXNO. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. back on the HawkeyeNation.com radio show here, 106.3 KXNO. If you missed any of the first segment, check it out at the podcast, uh, Hawkeye Nation. Search podcast wherever you go. Go to HawkeyeNation.com. We are everywhere, and not just with these podcasts. We got everything covered from the pregame to the postgame, pictures in-game, game coverage, all of it, all week long. Check out HawkeyeNation.com. It is your one-stop shop for Hawkeye coverage of all sports, but Hey, it's football season. The calendar has turned to September. We're ready to go. Joe and I are excited, and uh, we've gotten all the, the the tough stuff out of the way, talking about the offense and the question marks we have. Let's talk about something good, and, and that is the, this defense. And, and the expectations that this defense has are really off the charts, and, and rightfully so. Joe, th- this is a team that was great last year and has a lot of guys coming back. This defensive front seven uh, maybe one of the best in, in school history, and that's really saying something. Phil Parker just really has these guys going the right direction. Uh, you lose a little bit in the secondary, but you feel pretty good about this. And uh, and just the, the way that this defense is able to hold other teams uh, down uh, to, to, as you said, sometimes wear out late in the game. But short of that, you really have to feel confident that the defense of this team is going to be the strength again this season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you kind of have, have it all taken care of there. You've got a lot of talent. Um, you've got some good experience, probably three of our best linebackers for, you know, a long time. I mean, we've always had good linebackers, but these three guys are really good, really good athletes. They're fast. They're big. Um, defensive line's got a good rotation, so I don't think they're going to get tired. Um, you know, we've got some depth there. And then our secondary, I mean, what do you say about Phil Parker? He just always has great cornerbacks and safeties and uh, I'm anxious to see some of these young guys get in there and play I think they're you know they're fast and they're very athletic and you know they're big too I mean a couple of those guys are Merriweather he's I mean they're big guys so uh they're gonna they're gonna bring it and uh I think teams are really gonna struggle uh, to score against us, so that's that's always a positive. And, and they're such ball hawks, you know. I don't expect you know two pick sixes from uh, from Riley Moss like we got in Week One last year, but uh, these guys just go after the ball. They know what they're doing, and somehow, Joe, you, you know, you kind of think that uh, if you're going to have a secondary that is that aggressive, looking for interceptions, looking for turnovers, coming up and hitting guys out of the backfield, that you may be susceptible to some big plays. But somehow, Phil Parker coaches this team and schemes these games in a way that uh, Iowa kind of has the best of both worlds. They're able to be aggressive. They're able to to jump these balls and, and make these interceptions and, again, come up and hit guys on the line of scrimmage and be a help in the in the run defense. Uh, but they don't give up the big play. They don't let people get behind them. Uh, they're able to make those stops. And, and so when you're going against really good wide receivers, and believe it or not, you're going to see a couple of really good wide receivers this Saturday in South Dakota State, um, yeah. you, 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 they, they're able to 
able to, to kind of, uh, other, other than David Bell at Purdue, they're able to kind of keep those guys in check and, and certainly avoid the big play. It's, it's just it's remarkable how well he has this defense rolling year in and year out. Yeah, I think he's got great position coaches. Um, you know, but he's he, like I said, he's just he's got talent, he's got experience, and he just coaches everybody up. And all they need back there, a couple of these guys, is just some playing time. And uh, you know, they're just going to get better and better and better. And so I like our I like our our odds there. I don't I don't think we're going to get scored on a lot. I don't I don't see anybody, you know, roughing us up for a ton of points. I mean, yeah, Michigan did. Uh, last year, that was kind of one of those games that just went against us. Yeah, it was a little fluky. Our guys kind of gave up a little bit, and Michigan was trying to, you know, rack up some extra points there just to get into the college playoff at the end. And you know, whatever it happens, you know, it happens. It happens both ways. Absolutely. And, uh, but no, I, 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 I'm excited to watch our defense play. Um, you know, the crowd in Kinnick. Let's not forget that too for this week. Um, I don't think the South Dakota. State guys are going to be used to a crowd like they're going to see in Kinnick. Let's hope uh, let's hope everybody gets there and screams and uh, really raises that noise level and, and generates the enthusiasm and knocks them off their game a little bit. You know, a few penalties here and there uh, always always helps, right? Yeah, and we've seen that. We saw that happen over and over last season, and not just against you know an FCS team that that isn't used to playing against seventy thousand or in front of seventy thousand hostile fans. But I mean, how much did we shake up Penn State? And and when their their second string quarterback came in, they couldn't do anything. And all of the false starts that were created by by the fan base, I, I do think that's part of you know we talked in the first segment about the the, the sellouts and kind of why that is. I, I do think part of it is this fan base understands that they can play a role in this game, that, that when you're inside Kinnick Stadium and you're making that noise and you're, you're creating that hostile environment, uh, it can have an actual impact on the field. It's it's uh, it's a really cool thing to be a part of. Yeah, Kirk wanted that, uh, you know, the the north end zone, when they redid it a couple years ago, he wanted that to be vertical and he wanted to hold the noise in. And you obviously saw in the Penn State game last year that uh, we accomplished that for sure, right? So that was dynamite. So there, you mentioned some of the the the, the big guys on on the the defense. There's some young guys here as well, and, and it's going to be really interesting to see throughout the season kind of how much we see of these guys and, and what roles we see them in. And, and the, the two I'm thinking of most are Cooper DeGene and, uh, and Xavier Wampa, you know, two Iowa high school kids that made big, big impacts throughout their high school career, were big recruits, and, and guys that Iowa fans have been, have been kind of drooling over and, and hoping to see. Now, Wampa doesn't appear on, on the 2D, but Kirk Ferentz made it very clear on Tuesday that the depth chart doesn't mean a whole lot, and so so uh, I do expect he, – he also made it clear that he doesn't expect to redshirt Xavier Wampa, that, that he won't just play in four games, that he's going to be a guy who's in the rotation. Cooper DeGene is not just on the depth chart. He's on there in a couple of different spots. He's, he's you know behind Justin Jacobs in the cash position. Uh, he's behind Terry Roberts at left corner on the depth chart. And, again, the depth chart doesn't mean a whole lot, but I do think what you're seeing is you're going to see a, a good amount of Cooper DeGene. I think you'll see some Xavier Wampa. I'm excited to kind of see how this recruit recruiting momentum that Iowa has had over the last couple of years, paired with uh, you know a, a year or two in the program, uh, getting there early for these guys. I, I'm excited to see some of these young guys on this defense as well. Yeah, I think so too. I think uh, you know, I think Norm or I think Phil's going to bring them along. You know, at the right pace, he's not going to rush them. He's not going to go crazy about it. Um, he wants the errors to happen in practice. He doesn't want the errors to happen in a game, and so he's not going to just throw them out there on an island and say, "Okay, let's see what you can do." It's going to be more, you know, you're ready. You're ready for this. Okay, now get out there and, and show us. And you're ready for this situation and go out there. Obviously, they're going to play a lot of special teams. I mean, both those guys are fast. They're good size. Um, they're going to play a ton of special teams. That's going to get them a lot of experience right there as well. And, you know, then you just become comfortable out there in, that, in the big stadium in front of the big crowd. And, uh, you know, it, it settles you down for when you are thrown in. And all of a sudden, you know, you're out there playing cornerback or you're playing safety or cash or whatever. So I think, uh, I, I, I think it's going to be exciting to see them play. I think they're, they'll be ready for it. They're big time athletes, you know, once again, they're, 
they're ready to go, and I think they'll play great. He's Joe Schmelka. I'm Andrew Downs. This is the HawkeyeNation.com radio show here on 106.3 KXNO. We are getting excited about the season, and Joe, it's time to look a little deeper at Game 1. I uh, I had the ability to do uh, a podcast here on Hawkeye Nation. I, I started my my fourth season, believe it or not, of the Opposition yeah. Research Podcast, where I, uh, I find somebody who covers the opposing team, and I, I just try to get an in-depth look uh, at, at what we're facing on any given Saturday. Obviously, week one's always a little hard because nobody really knows what, what to expect. But uh, when I talk to Matt Zimmer of the Argus Leader up in South Dakota, man, they're, they're confident. They, they, not that they necessarily can win, but that they can come in and make a statement. This is a good program with a long-tenured coach uh, who has done a lot of really good things. These are players who have played in big spots in national championship games. They've, this program has put guys into the NFL year in and year out. It's, it's a very similar program to what Iowa has, other than, of course, it's on a, a much different level being down at the FCS. Uh, but they, they have a good quarterback. they got a good stable of receivers. They have a really good tight end. Uh, their offensive line has some questions, and so I think that's a place where Iowa can can certainly um, you know exploit them a little bit. And uh, and obviously, I think Iowa's defense is is up to the task. It's really going to maybe come down to maybe what all these games are going to come down to. What what is Iowa's offense able to do? But I guess how do you feel about this game in particular Saturday, uh, the Week One game against South Dakota State? Well, you know, it, it's tough. You're going to come down to turnovers and mistakes. And say what you want about Spencer, he'll miss some passes, but he doesn't turn the ball over very much, okay? And I think that's huge. Um, our running backs, you know, so far I know they're young, but they haven't turned the ball over. So if we can win the turnover battle, you know, we're playing at home, I think that's a big advantage for us. And I think one of the things that we haven't talked about yet is our punter. Uh, Tory Taylor is he's, he's a weapon, yes. right? Um, yeah, they got a good quarterback. I think he's more of a running quarterback, yep. if I understand it right, than he is a passing. Because I, I was on HawkeyeNation.com last night, and I think I listened to your to your podcast, and it's an awesome podcast. Oh, thank you. So hopefully everybody will get out there and listen to it. But, um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I just think there's there's a lot of variables that, that go our way. And obviously playing at home um, is one of the biggest. Um, but we've got to... Yeah, you got to control the line of scrimmage. We've got to be able to run the ball. And, uh, you know, if we can do that, we certainly should be able to do that against, uh, against these guys and, and then get the crowd into the game. Yeah. Um, I like our chances. Do we dominate? Do we smoke them? No, I, I, I don't know that we're going to dominate or smoke anybody, um, you know, until our offense shows me something I haven't seen for a couple of years, right? But can we do something and, and win it, you know, 31, 34 to, 34 to 14 or 17, something along those lines? Yeah. I mean, we should be able to. We should be able to wear them down. Don't turn the ball over. Don't beat yourself. Let them make a few mistakes. Your quarterback hasn't played in, what, a year and a half? Yeah. Something like that. He's been out for quite a while. Um, let him have some jitters, get the crowd going. Um, let them get some penalties, make some mistakes. And, uh, you know. Just, just let things come to come to play, and I think I think we win something like thirty-four seventeen. Yeah, I, I'm right along those same lines. Uh, maybe I'm, I'm a little more bullish on the defense. I think it's going to be like thirty-one ten, something like that. But I think I will yeah. will cover whatever spread is out there, and you know, the various places. Um, and, and yeah, I, I like. Yeah, I, I think there's a chance that we maybe maybe don't have a defensive touchdown, but certainly get a turnover or two and put the offense in a really good spot uh, to capitalize on that. Maybe you do have one of these young kick return, punt return guys break a, a, a play. Uh, and again, maybe not go all the way to the end zone, but put you in a really good field position and, and give this offense a, a really good starting spot. Uh, you got to love a Saturday in September in Kinnick Stadium as far as all the intangible stuff goes. Dallas Clark being in the building and, and talking to the team beforehand. And then just the excitement of week one. I mean, these guys have been waiting for a long time. They've had a really physical camp. Uh, they, they're raring to go more so than, than any of us. And if you couldn't tell, we're raring to go here as well. So, yeah, I, I like I like your prediction. I like where your thinking is. Um, I think it'll probably be a little uncomfortable at halftime. And I don't mean I was going to be down or anything like that. But, you know, if it's if it's 14-7 to 7 at halftime, hey, take some breaths. It's going to be okay. I think our size, our conditioning, uh, our extra scholarships will all bear out in the second half, maybe in the fourth quarter, and, and really be able to kind of pound the ball and, uh, and, and wear them down a little bit. So I, I like that quite a bit. Joe, before I let you out of here, I had a couple of just kind of bigger picture questions I wanted to pose to you here. I'm going to put 
your feet to the fire a little bit uh, on the okay. season. I have three questions I want to ask you. Uh, the first one is, is probably a question that everybody's wondering. Uh, will Spencer Petras be the starting quarterback, I guess barring injury, let's let's say not an injury, uh, will Spencer Petras be the starting quarterback all season for the Hawkeyes? Uh, I think it's certainly looking that way. Uh, I think coach and staff clearly feels he has a better command of the offense and does things a little better than Padilla. But I don't think they're afraid to pull either one of these guys if they're not performing. And I think, you know, we had halftime or something like that. Spencer has missed a bunch of passes and thrown an interception or two, and and we're down 7 nothing. I, I don't I don't know that he's got a big problem pulling him and, and putting Padilla in there. I think there's there's some interchangeability, I guess, with the two of them. And I know that's not Kirk normally, but I think he's you know, he's he, I, I don't think he's gonna have a big problem with it. But yeah, I, I think right now, yeah, I, I think Spencer's gonna have a better year. I think he's better prepared, I think he's more confident. And like I said, I hope our running game is a little bit better and it takes a little bit of pressure off. Yeah, I, I agree. And it, it will be interesting because you're right. Kirk Ferentz typically doesn't make a change at quarterback and certainly not in-game. But no. we did see that change last year. Now, now Spencer Petras left because he was injured. Uh, but in, in that yeah. Nebraska game, Alex Padilla was not playing well. They made that change. And Spencer Petras was a part of the, the comeback there and, and the big win on Black Friday a year ago. And so I think you're right. And then it'll be interesting. You know, Another thing we haven't talked about, Joe, is the change at quarterback coach and, and kind of the, uh, the pressure yep. but also the uh, – the the ability for Brian Ferentz to really dictate what happens on this offense and does he have a shorter leash than his dad would typically have? Does he have the authority to kind of make that call in in, in a situation like that? It's it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out all season long. Uh, question number two for you, Joe. We have had three of our four rivalry trophies for like the better part of a decade. I mean, it's seven games against North uh, against mm-hmm. Minnesota, seven games against Nebraska, six games in seven years against Iowa State. Uh, the the one that, that we can't seem to hold on to for very long is that Heartland Trophy with uh, with Wisconsin. But So Iowa goes into the season holding on to three rivalry trophies. How many rivalry trophies will Iowa have at the end of this season? Well, you know, I, I love to sit here and just say, oh, yeah, we'll have all four of them. But the reality of it is, um, you know, Iowa State's younger team this year. We should beat them. Um, as you look at Wisconsin, they're always tough. They play the same style of football we do, and and they just seem to get our numbers sometimes, right? And then Minnesota's improved, okay? Let's, let's not forget. They got a really veteran group back. Um, they're kind of strong where we're weak and, and vice versa. So that's going to be that's gonna be a ball game. And I think, if I remember right, it's up there in Minneapolis. So, you know, if they get on a roll and, and win a few games and, you know, that crowd is going, that's, that's going to be a tough one. But... I like our chances there. Nebraska, I think he's, uh, yeah, just what I saw the other day. I mean, yeah. I don't know what the deal is. There's something goofy about their coaching staff, a lack of confidence, something, but they just cannot win a close game. And maybe they get the monkey off their back, but I think they got an awful lot of new players, first year players, and. I think that whole program is just kind of a mess right now. I don't think they know where they're going for sure. No, so I like our chances against Nebraska. I, we got them here too. I agree completely. Yeah, and I mean Nebraska is just—they're they're mentally weak. They're fragile. When when uh, we saw it a year ago, when when uh, they had the the lead yeah. on Iowa, Iowa blocks that punt. Uh, that wasn't for a, a, a lead for Iowa. I think I was still down by five at that yeah, time. Yeah, we were. And after yeah. the game. Scott Frost says, oh, yeah, as soon as they blocked that punt, we all knew the game was over. And it's like, well, the, the game wasn't over. It's kind of similar to, to what happened last oh. Saturday where he said, you know, I was trying to win the game with that onside kick. Well, well, Scott, you can't win a game in the third quarter. And until you learn that, you're going to have trouble, again, in this league where these are four-quarter games. And and so I, I, I like where you're thinking there as well. Um, and, and it's kind of the opposite of Iowa, right? Iowa is a tough team uh, that will play a full game, and uh, and, and Nebraska just, just isn't. So... Uh, Kind of from that that question, we go to the final question I have for you here, Joe. Who's going to win the Big Ten West? Well, of course, the Iowa Hawkeyes are going to win the Big Ten West. Hell I yeah. mean, come on. <laughs> no, I, I think one thing we're missing here, too, that is really going to help us, and Kirk has been pretty big on it in uh, in some of the press conferences. It hasn't got a ton of publicity, but we got this guy from Wisconsin, kind of the, I'll call him the quarterback guru, offensive 
analytics guy. I can't think of his name right now off the top of my head. But he kind of came in, and I think he's going to be a tremendous asset for uh, Brian Ferentz. And I think he's really going to help him out. I don't think this whole thing is all on Brian. Um, I think Brian's got a really good support group there. And uh, I think you're going to see some some different uh, some different things from our offense this year. I really, really do. Kirk even Kirk even said that the the well, he was an analyst or something they called him. I I don't know if he's an assistant coach or not, but he's really working with Brian a lot. And Kirk just said he's a gift from heaven. Okay, <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard Kirk say that. So um, let's 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 not let that go either. I I, I think Brian Brian's really got got somebody. Uh, that can really, really help him and the quarterbacks. And before we go, I want to make sure I shout out to everybody, too. If you're not going over to Kinnick Stadium uh, on Saturday, make sure you get down to the front row. Your brother's the best bartender and bar manager in town. He's down there at the front row. Yeah. And uh, it's the best Hawkeye bar in town. Clay Cook and everybody, they'll have some food. they got an 86-inch TV out on the patio now. So oh, yeah. if you want to watch the game outside, it should be a great spot to watch the game. Uh, Lisa and I typically are down there for most of the away games. Um, obviously, this is a home game, so we'll be over at Kinnick. But uh, it's it's just a great place to watch a football games. It's so, such a cool spot. Yeah, it's, it's it's like a Hawkeye museum. There's so much. I mean, I've been in yeah. there countless times, Joe, and I still haven't seen it all. And and you're right, they do such a good job. Uh, it's it's where Hawkeye fans meet for these games. And if you can't get over to Kinnick Stadium, there's no better place than uh, than the front row in Clive. Uh, Joe, thank you, man. It's so fun to have this back. We're going to be doing this every week hey. here on Thursday nights on KXNO, and uh, this all to be posted if you missed any of this at the Hawkeye Nation podcast page and on HawkeyeNation.com where you can find all of your Hawkeye coverage. Joe, thank you, man. Have fun at the game on Saturday, and we'll talk to you next week. Go Hawks. Bye-bye. All right, when we come back, we are going to get a look at the South Dakota State Jackrabbits with Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader. This is the Hawkeye Nation radio show, 106.3 KXNO. Let's get to this week's game. Iowa opens the season at home against FCS Power, South Dakota State. Kickoff inside Kinnick Stadium, a sold-out Kinnick Stadium, set for 11 a.m. Saturday morning, and I've seen an offshore line of around 15.5 points. Your Hawkeyes are favored. My guest today covers South Dakota State for the Argus leader. It's Matt Zimmer. Matt, thank you for the time. You bet. Thanks for having me. You know, From afar, it seems like the biggest story and biggest reason for excitement for the Jackrabbits this season is the return of quarterback Mark Grant. Nowski. What, what do we need to know about him as Hawkeye fans? Um, he's coming off a major injury. He had a, an outstanding spring season. For those that don't know, SDSU played two seasons in one calendar year because of the pandemic. And uh, in the spring season, he was the MVP of the league as a true freshman. Uh, was kind of a run-first quarterback in the national championship game he tore his ACL. And because there was such a quick turnaround from the spring season to the fall, there was no chance he was ever going to make it back in time. So he missed that whole year. While he was gone, the Jacks went out and got a one-year grad transfer, Chris Oladokun, who turned out to be one of the best players you've ever had. He's now a Pittsburgh Steeler. Um, so in a weird way, Mark left these big shoes for Chris to fill, and now Chris has returned the favor because he was so good that now Mark's stepping back into this role uh, with high expectations because of what he did as a freshman but also understanding that, you know, the guy who replaced him for a year did a heck of a job and uh, kept that team in national championship contention. And, and that's what they're going to need for Mark if they're going to uh, be in contention for a national championship again. And, and, and certainly if they're going to have a chance to, to stay with Iowa on Saturday. You know, and Gronowski has some weapons to throw to as well. Iowa likes to think of itself as tight end university, but there's a couple of good ones coming into Kinnick this Saturday as well, as well as some other weapons in the passing game. Tell us about the rest of the passing game. Well, with no disrespect, I think the Jacks think they're tight end university <laughs> too. <laughs> you know, they have uh, Dallas Goddard, one of the best in the league right now with the Eagles, and uh, Tucker Kraft is uh, kind of the next in line. He uh, was their leading receiver last year, I think second leading receiver, but uh, a huge target, just a, a wrecking ball of a dude who can catch, who can run, who can block. He's one of their biggest weapons. Uh, and they have a second tight end, Zach Hines, who's six seven. He's not quite as athletic. He's more of sort of a red zone target, uh, but he's also a handful. Uh, they have two wide receivers, twin brothers, Jackson and Jaden Yonke, who are 6'2", 6'3". They can run. Uh, they can serve as 
possession receivers, deep threats, slot guys. They're really versatile. Uh, their third wideout, Landon Wolf, is a transfer from Oklahoma State, uh, who's a smaller slot guy, but he can really run and he can be a factor in the return game. Uh, and then their running back, Isaiah Davis, uh, ran for 200 yards in the national championship game in the spring uh, as a freshman, really kind of burst onto the scene. He's been sharing carries the last year or two with Pierre Strong, who's now a New England Patriot. And uh, a lot of people think Isaiah's better, which just goes to show you how good he is that he was competing with a guy who's in the NFL now. So that's the interesting thing as far as related to Gronowski. Um, when he was a freshman in that spring season, uh, he did a lot of things himself because some of those weapons hadn't quite established themselves yet. Now they have. He's stepping back in uh, with you know four legitimate, potentially you know pro-prospect targets in the receiving game a great running back. Um, there's there's an awful lot of weapons on this offense. So a lot of good on that South Dakota State offense. Where, if any, is there a weakness on that side of the ball? Um, if there's a weakness, I think it's on the offensive line, particularly uh, on the right side. Um, the, the left side of their offensive line is outstanding. Uh, their tackle, Garrett Greenfield, and their guard, Mason McCormick, are both uh, FCS All-Americans. So uh, obviously <laughs> you might expect the Jacks are going to run the ball in that direction quite a bit. Uh, their center, Gus Miller, um, is a played guard last year, but he played a lot. They feel pretty good about him. But then at right guard and right tackle, um, they're unproven. Now, the two guys that are stepping in could end up being great, and it's not a weakness. But right now, we don't know. There's new starters on that side of the ball, um, they, and they've also battled some injuries in camp there. So that's definitely an area of concern on their offense. And then just, you know, what's Gronowski going to look like? You know, he was great in the spring, but that was, you know, prior to an ACL injury, he's Maybe he's a different player now. Maybe he's a better player. That's what they say. But we'll see. I think there's some questions that he has to answer. All right, Matt, let's look at the other side of the ball defensively. What players or position groups are are the most notable or people that we should be focusing on as Hawkeye fans? Well, the best player on their defense is right in your backyard. Uh, Adam Bach, the middle linebacker from, uh, I believe it's Solon, Iowa. Yes, sir. Um, Yeah, um, he's outstanding. I mean, he is a really, really good football player. Became a starter as a freshman. Um, some people have said he's the fastest guy in the team. I kind of find that hard to believe given how good their offensive weapons are, but just the fact that people say that about him, I think goes to show, uh, how explosive he is. He's a big hitter. He's got pretty good size and uh, he's just a really smart football player. He's got that football IQ you want in your Mike linebacker. Uh, every week the coaches say his game, you know, grade outs when they go through and grade them are just, you know, off the charts. Uh, so he's just really a player that doesn't have a lot of weaknesses. And I think it goes without saying that getting a chance to play at Kinnick Stadium for the first time, only time probably in his life, in this environment, he's going to be motivated to, to play the game of his life. Um, he's not the only one. Um, Caleb Sanders and Ryan Van Merrill are a couple guys uh, on the defensive line that are also Iowa natives. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that either of those two guys are like elite players that you know, are going to have Iowa's offensive linemen losing sleep this week. Uh, But the thing about South Dakota State's defensive line is the depth that they have. They have literally seven, eight, nine, ten guys at times, depending on how things are going, that they can run in there. And so what they might lack in high-end talent on the defensive line, they make up for in that everybody's always fresh. And you get in the fourth quarter, you know, the opponents, mostly they've stuck with the same five offensive linemen the whole game, whereas South Dakota State has been rotating guys all game long. And they did that last year. Last year was the first time they, they went as deep as they did on their D-line, and it was immediately apparent that it had a huge impact on making them better up front. So I think that's that, along with Adam Bach in the middle, is the big strength of that defense. You mentioned Kinnick Stadium. It is a sold-out Kinnick Stadium. 70,000 loud and proud Hawkeye fans will be in there 11 a.m. on Saturday. How do you think that the South Dakota State team is going to handle a hostile environment in Week 1? I think they'll be okay. Um, Most of the players on this roster have been in a game like this before. Uh, They went to Minnesota a couple years ago, and I know TCF Bank Stadium is not the same as Kinnick, uh, but they have played in, in a Big Ten atmosphere before. Last year, they went to Colorado State, which also is not necessarily comparable, uh, but they beat the tar out of Colorado State. And also, every year, they have to play North Dakota State in the Fargo Dome. And, you know, that isn't as big as Kinnick, State, Kinnick Stadium, but it might be as loud. And we all know uh, what the North Dakota State program has done over the last decade or so. Uh, I think that's really what's maybe allowed the Jacks 
to raise their the level of their program a little bit in the last few years is just having to compete against that team up north. That that team has been so spectacular. They've had no choice but to try to keep up with them, and it's made them better. And um, I'm not saying they're going to win this game by any means. In fact, I don't think they're going to, but I can tell you that they're probably not going to be intimidated. And uh, I, I wouldn't at all be surprised to see them show up and, and uh, you know, be ready to mix it up with them. Well, yeah, and Iowa's last game against an FCS team not named Northern Iowa was a loss to North Dakota State back in 2016. Uh, already in our conversation, Matt, you've mentioned a bunch of NFL players, national championship appearances. How confident are the Jackrabbits that they can pull this upset? Um, that's a really good question. You know, I've never asked them straight up, like, hey, you think you're going to win? You know, <laughs> right. You know, what do you even say to a question like that? Everyone knows they're not supposed to. Um, but I think they go into the game knowing that the only way they have a chance is to believe that they can. Um, and I think that they can, you know, if, if they do win the game, I don't think it'll be, I, I won't be amazingly shocked. I'll be surprised because they're, they're a significant underdog here. Um, but they can do it. You know, they, they've beaten North Dakota state who we, we know what a, a great program that is. Last year, they beat Colorado state by 23. I think Iowa beat them by 10. Yeah. Be, yeah. So, beat them worse than Iowa did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's some comparables there. I mean, I think the high-end talent is fairly comparable. The difference is just a, a school like Iowa with more scholarships and more resources. They just have more depth. You know, they're probably going to have, they're going to be a little faster. They're going to be a little bit bigger. And so what usually happens in these games is South Dakota State is right there with them for two and a half, three quarters. And by the fourth quarter, you know, the superior team tends to pull away. I think that's probably what will happen here. Uh, but you know, the only thing that would really surprise me would be uh, a significant blowout. He is Matt Zimmer. Follow him on Twitter at ArgusMattZ and check out his work in the Argus Leader and online at ArgusLeader.com. Matt, thank you so much for the time today. You bet. Appreciate it. Well, there you have it. It's not going to be an easy game, uh, according to that, uh, according to Matt, and, and kind of all of the uh, the things that we just learned about South Dakota State on Saturday. I, you know, do expect Iowa to to win and, and do well here, but uh, this is a good team, a good program with a winning culture where, that puts people into the NFL. That's not afraid uh, of the big bad Iowa Hawkeyes. That's not afraid of the moment, and that understands that they're coming in with nothing to lose. Right? Uh, it's going to be really interesting to to kind of see how this all plays out. We're going to have this game covered from every angle at HawkeyeNation.com as we always do. Uh, check out the website HawkeyeNation.com. Follow this podcast feed as we move through the season. And uh, of course, I will be back with you Saturday, early Saturday afternoon for an instant reaction podcast talking about the game as it ends. Uh, win or lose, we're going to do that. Uh, fully expected to be a win. Uh, thank you so much for listening and go Hawks!